Hello to everyone listening. This is Dr. Terry, and this is episode 24 of Chat with Dr. Terry, the podcast. So I've entitled this episode, Avoiding Energy Suckers to Strengthen Your Boundaries. You know, recently on the Instagram page for the podcast, I, you know, made a post just about different energy suckers, and I really wanted to be intentional about connecting that concept to boundaries. And so I'm hopeful that, you know, what I present kind of makes sense to everyone and that you can kind of think about what your personal boundaries might look like and how you might implement some changes, ideally starting today. So I previously recorded an episode on boundaries about two years ago, and I recently re-listened because I wanted to revisit this topic. Um, And, you know, as I listened to that previous episode, I quickly realized that what I shared was a simple introduction, you know, a simple explanation of the different types of boundaries, whether porous, healthy or rigid. Though at the time, I felt that what I presented was useful, I'm hopeful that the ideas I present as I revisit the topic now can provide more depth for this concept of boundaries and how they're impacted by energy suckers. So to start, what are energy suckers? You know, these are the people or things that do just that. They suck the energy out of you when you're interacting or engaging with them. What's difficult is that most of the time, these people don't realize that they're so exhausting to others, and they rarely realize the impact of their negative Debbie Downer energy. This could be, you know, the person that's always complaining, that's negative about everything, or who always dismisses, you know, help or feedback from other people. It's clear when you're around an energy sucker because you might quickly feel yourself becoming drained or frustrated or having an urge to get away and escape. This type of energy sucker might be the friend who's needy, you know, the aunt who complains at every family function or the coworker who can't wait to vent to you very first thing Monday morning. Energy suckers don't just come in the form of people, though. Sometimes the energy suckers come in the form of our own thinking. It's the negative thoughts you hold about yourself, the self-defeating statements you rehearse over and over to yourself. Humans think up to 60,000 thoughts a day of which 80% are negative. We're saturated by images and a world that puts more negative in than it does positive. As we're navigating the day, automatic thoughts come in and go out. If most of them are negative, imagine how much of an energy sucker they can be. Imagine how much of an energy sucker, you know, these negative thoughts that we have and the words that we speak can be. And further, as we see with the mind-body connection, those thoughts negatively impact our emotions that further contribute to negative behaviors. Another energy sucker that's pretty common is a tendency, you know, for people to be people pleasers and care more about the opinions of others than we might of ourselves. This could look like pretending to be someone that we're not just for the hopes of being liked by other people. It could be making decisions based on the desires of others. People-pleasing might look like overextending ourselves, our time, our finances, resources, etc., in effort to appease people in hopes of somehow getting our own needs met. All of the effort put into tending to the needs of others more than that of our own becomes, you know, a major energy sucker. Another very common energy sucker can be seen with how we might compare ourselves, our lives, our accomplishments to that of other people. 
something that happens for a lot of people, you know, within the area of social media. Living in a society that can often seem superficial, you know, it's easy to get caught up in how things look, quote unquote, versus the reality. This is especially seen when people post their accomplishments, celebratory news, edited and filter photos in these moments, um, you know, on social media. And as you know, we're seeing these images, it's easy to swipe, compare and feel as if you're lacking in some way. I often say that comparison is a cancer and it becomes a true energy sucker. With comparisons, not only is it not fair to yourself because um, you don't know if what you're comparing yourself to is someone's true reality, but it can become emotionally draining and exhausting to have the flood of critical thoughts that come and the self-criticism leading to the insecurity and the sadness and jealousy that might follow, all of which are true energy suckers. And though these are natural emotions, I think it's important to recognize how those emotions might impact us. When you consider these various types of energy suckers associating with negative people, firstly, um, or your own thinking patterns like I just spoke about, or comparing yourself to others and the negative emotions it might bring, caring about what others think so much that you have to put up a facade and wear a mask to be accepted, All of these things encompass poor and unhealthy boundaries with ourselves and poor boundaries with others. Energy suckers negatively impact boundaries because they leave less room or energy for your needs to be met. When someone has unhealthy boundaries, they're usually the yes man, quote unquote, being depleted due to attempting to appease others. Someone with unhealthy boundaries might look to others for validation versus being secure with themselves. Or on the contrary, having poor boundaries might look like not adhering to the boundaries set by other people. It could be overstaying your welcome, over-talking someone and not respecting others' perspectives. It could be oversharing, etc. Poor boundaries are an energy sucker, but energy suckers further contribute to poor boundaries. So first, what might strengthening your boundaries look like? You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is this idea of staying in your lane, realizing that you cannot control or dictate what other people do. And the only person you can control is yourself. Sometimes this can be seen via social media where people are able to freely share their opinions and verbalize things that they dislike, etc. Similarly to what I mentioned earlier, if there's something posted or someone on social media that you don't like, you can simply unfollow. You know, if someone makes you feel badly about yourself or creates this negative experience for you socially, you can easily block that person. Overexerting yourself or trying to get other people to say, be, and post what you think they should will only leave you drained and disappointed. So, you know, a healthy boundary is is realizing that the only person you can be in control of is you. Secondly, you know, another way to increase your boundaries um, to make them healthier is truly taking time to work on what, you know, I like to describe as that inner work, be it your self-esteem, you know, being secure within yourself and further respecting yourself, your beliefs, being in tune with your feelings will help you know what your needs are and how to assert those needs to others. It's often when we're feeling insecure and unsure of ourselves that boundaries become skewed. Having a level of self-awareness and confidence in our desires can foster better boundaries.
The next important way of increasing, you know, positive boundaries is practicing this idea of giving yourself permission. Permission to assert your needs, permission to say no to things you don't want to do, permission to ask for help whether you feel it's deserved or not. It's, it's giving yourself permission to recognize that having your needs met is just as important as the needs of others. An example of this can be seen with saying no to a request asked of you. When I'm able to say no, I am essentially giving myself permission to disagree or decline what was asked of me and showing that my desire in this moment is more important than, than the request of someone else. That is essentially a healthy boundary. The fourth and last way of putting this into practice is just that, practicing. Practicing setting small boundaries and gaining the courage to set stricter, bigger boundaries is a great way of of retraining your brain and really creating these new pathways in your brain so that your response to people, to things, and in life in general is, is healthier. You know, to me, boundaries are something that should constantly be worked on as we evolve as people transition within different phases of life, different environments, different spaces, friends, jobs, etc. And learn more about ourselves. You know, the way in which we communicate our boundaries and assert them might change. Ultimately, though, doing so is solely your responsibility. It's no one else's responsibility to set boundaries for you. So, you know, I really hope you're able to give yourself the gift of developing and practicing healthy boundaries starting now, starting today. And, and, and also be patient with yourself um, as you grow and develop this new skill. You know, for some of you listening, maybe, you know, having and maintaining healthy boundaries is the norm. But I can imagine for a good majority of you, this is something that is a work in progress or something that you, you know, ideally can work towards. So as always, you know, I'm really hopeful that this somewhat of a part two about boundaries was helpful. I hope that you can take away some of the concepts and apply it and practice it. Feel free to let me know how that is going. If you need a layer of accountability, um, you can definitely slide in my DM on, you know, the podcast Instagram at chat with Dr. Terry. And as always, I thank you guys for listening. Be well.